Hey, welcome to the One Big Thought Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about real ministry for the majority. And I am Andy George, and I'm joined today with Ken Hester. Hey, what's Hi. up? How you doing, Ken? We had, I think we had two weeks with everybody, and now we're back. Yeah. <laughs> it was short-lived. It just, you know, it's a crazy time. You know, short-lived. What do you do? People are taking the vacation time. Hey, but the good news is... That's good. We're always here for you, no matter what. Yeah, somebody's here. The listener. <laughs> is, we're here for you, the listener. That's right. We will have a podcast every week. If it's one of us, two of us, or three of us, yeah. you can count yeah. on one big thought. And one day, none of us. Hey. But all of us. If none of us are here, time. then double check for the rapture. So <laughs> Double check to see who took over our podcast. <laughs> hey, we are very grateful that you are joining us. As always, we, uh, we love our listeners and always love feedback. And of course, please subscribe to this. Make sure you share it as well. Give us some comments and uh, give us a five-star rating. Of course, always helps us do that. And yeah, tag us too. Yes, please do. You know do. what's cool? We love to see mm-hmm. social media. Mm-hmm. Just tag you know tag us individually. Um, all of our information is in the, in the show notes. So we'd love to be able to share and, and see how you're sharing. Yeah. Uh, it's very cool. Yeah. And hopefully in the future here, uh, part of the heartbeat of our church is to be a resource giving church. Mm-hmm. And this is just part of it. We got bigger plans in store. Yeah. Ho- hopefully. Yeah. Have, I, definitely I, I know I have bigger plans in right. store, <laughs> whether we can do all of them or not. You're the lead pastor. So if you've got those plans, then they become well, our plans. So. We at least got a podcast right now. There so. you go. But we are excited. Start and, uh, somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so this is going to be a good episode today. So as we told you the last two weeks, we entered into a month of hope, which Ken, I think is a... I don't know. It seems, pretty, seems pretty important, right? Mm-hmm. I think Jamie said it uh, two weeks ago that hope is dangerous to lose. Yep. And I've been using that on Sunday mornings yeah. uh, because it's that was a it's a it's a simple but true statement. Yep. When we lose hope, we start to uh, get real anxious, mm-hmm. and then we try to find hope in a lot of stuff. I think we're seeing that in the world around us, even right now, the time of this recording, which is September now. Yeah. Uh, but it's still ninety degrees in North Carolina, so thank you very much. <laughs> I was so we had like two days two in the seventies. I was like, yeah. this is going to be great, and then nope, now it's hot again. Yeah. Nothing and, uh, really changes in North Carolina till mid October. Yeah. So fall here is wonderful. Yeah. But. You know, looking at the world around us, even still, there's so much chaos and there's so much fear and anxiousness yeah. and worry that I felt personally that our church needed to hear just messages about hope for mm-hmm. September. And then, uh, of course, with this podcast, we thought this would be a great thing to do as well. So what you're going to hear is a little shorter version mm-hmm. of some of the same content that we're giving to our church. And so today, the first two sessions, we talked about personal hope, why you can have personal hope, which I hope you found encouraging for you personally. And now I want to turn the corner to why you can have hope in the church that Jesus established. Yeah. So we're all in ministry. Sure. Yeah, and most of you listening are probably in ministry and or in a business organization. And of course, we are the church. So so there's a couple double plays on this. Mm-hmm. Part of it is, yes, like the actual church, like Crossroads Fellowship and whatever church you attend. But then there's also the other side of this that we are the church. Right. Personally. And we saw that during COVID because the church for a while here in North Carolina could not meet personally or in person. And so the church was scattered and a lot of great things happened. Mm -hmm. And I know that we got a lot of uh, wonderful churches in other countries that are back in that mode. Unfortunately, I've been watching online and uh, seeing them go up and down, gathering and then back home. But the church keeps moving forward. That's right. And we can never stop being the church. And so the whole point of this is really how to, how can we have hope in that church and in we the church. I want to start with Hebrews chapter 10, uh, just a few verses here that I want to hit tightly to. Uh, really, truly, the first part of Hebrews 10, 21 and 22 
is a reflection on the personal hope that we have. And that personal hope is that we've been forgiven, that our guilty conscience has been sprinkled with Jesus' blood to make us clean, mm-hmm. our bodies have been washed pure. So that's kind of a tie-in to the last two weeks of why we can have personal hope. Yep. But then it actually turns the corner, and it says in verse 23, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promises. Mm. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do. I'm not going to call any names right now, but I got a few in mind. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his returning is drawing near. There's so much in those verses. Just Mm -hmm. real quickly, of course, the first part, kind of personal hope, hold tight to that God that can be trusted. But then it turns the corner to say, okay, you might have personal hope, but we need the body together. That's right. And I think it's so important, you know, not just because I'm a pastor, but I love the church. I love everything about what church can do and be. And I know there's a lot of unhealthy churches out there and mm-hmm. unhealthy people in ministry, and there's a lot of situations that are not <laughs> Well, the church not is not good. perfect. <clears throat> no, right it's by not. any means, because yeah. we're imperfect That's people. Right. So. But I love that reminder, right? Mm-hmm. we got to motivate each other to do good things and keep meeting together. And I know there's the kind of the global argument right now of what does that actually mean, right? Because sure. because of Zoom or you right. know YouTube and live streams and all that stuff like that. So, you know, it's kind of one of those little areas of like, well, we are together, but not really. Mm-hmm. Personally, I think this really refers to gathering physically together, mm. and I think there's something so important about that. In fact, if you have not been back to church yet, unless you got some major reason, you know, health wise or. Yeah whatever reason not to, why aren't you back in church? Yeah. You know, I think what's happened, and then I'll kind of kick it over to you for the first point. What's happened is, unfortunately, a lot of people who were in the habit of attending church on Sunday all of a sudden realized, oh, I can just watch it online Sunday night or Monday. So I'm just going to sleep in on Sunday. So partially, yes, you're still engaged and you're still getting the word, but you're missing out on so much fellowship. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what this is really speaking to a little bit is, Listen, we, we have to encourage one another. Right. And there's something about seeing people face to face, even if it's just eyeball to eyeball because you can't see the rest of their face because you wear a mask, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's something so important about that. So we have four four reasons that we can have personal hope or hope in the church of Jesus today. Yeah, I think uh, just to add a little bit onto what you just said, I think people are choosing convenience over connection yep. right now. And they're, they're living that out through... Uh, our online opportunities and YouTube and mm-hmm. you know replays and things like that, but but going into this first point, God loves His church more than anyone else, and He, he loves that we gather together. There's no other time in your week that you get to feel worship with tens of people, hundreds of people, sometimes thousands of people, uh, depending on where you are and what church you go to. There's no other time where you get to collectively experience yeah. the body and you get to collectively experience the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and worship and and preaching and and Bible scripture spoken over you, blessings spoken over you. And Ephesians five, twenty-five, it's a great, you know, correlation from Jesus in the church and and how we love each other, but he loves the church more than anyone or anything else, and and this is this is a, a connection to that. Husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave Himself up for her, that He might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the Word, so that He might present the church to Himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, 
that she might be holy and without blemish. Like this representation of what Jesus has done for the global church, in addition to what he's done for us individually, right? So he did that for us individually, but he did that with the expectation that we would gather together as yep. the church mm-hmm. and that he's, his sacrifice was for us together. Yeah. I think I have used probably the the phrase, you know, modified from time to time that God loves crossroads more than any of us do. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say that is for those of you in ministry, you might be pretty discouraged right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I went through a lot of discouragement. I think today I'm discouraged. I don't know. I actually don't know anymore. Right. <laughs> uh, it just seems like a constant state of like, come on, you know. Mm-hmm. But a good reminder that I just for myself, I say it out loud even just when nobody's around because it's a good reminder that God loves crossroads more than I do. Hmm. So if he loves the church more than I do, then why do I worry about trying to grow the church or trying to, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I think we, many we people, have the part to play, yeah. but it's not all on us. Yeah. I think, I think we get so wrapped up in church growth and we got to grow the church. And I'm pretty sure unless I'm mistaken that it says that God will grow his church, mm-hmm. right? God does it. Not, not me, not a program. So the reason why I think that's important that God loves his church more than anyone else is this takes a little bit of the pressure off. Yeah, exactly. And we can just kind of enjoy what he's doing. And of course, I just said that he relates it to husband and wives. And so there's tons of correlation there of the way that we're supposed to treat our wives and our spouses and, you know, kind of walk through it that way of what we would do for them. And again, Jesus sets the example of serving. Yep. He sets the example of sacrifice. He sets that example so that we can then connect that to the rest of our life. Mm-hmm. How are you serving your spouse? How are you serving your family? How are you sacrificing for others around you? He, he does all that, but he does that with the expectation of, I've done this for the church, yep. the church body, and how do we move forward in that? All right, so the second one is the second reason why you can have hope in the church Jesus established is because God has more than enough to provide for the needs of your church, and oh, by the way, for you too. <laughs> right. So I put a little tagline in there yeah. because I think it's a little both. God has enough to provide for your church. He's got enough to provide for you. Philippians 4.19, great verse that most people know. My God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So mm-hmm. again, it's about God. Sometimes we get wrapped up in our tithes and mm-hmm. offering right? and whether we're hitting budget or not, or whether we can do these projects or not, you know, and God's going to provide mm-hmm. and we got to trust him in that. And that's been a huge struggle for a lot of ministries oh, right? yeah. in this last year and a half going on two years kind yeah. of situation is like, how do we, what do we do and how do we do it? I think we've had other podcasts where we've talked about cut out the things that you don't need mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. So maybe God is even telling you if your tithes or offerings are lower than they you know, right. typically have been, maybe you don't need to continue to do the things that you did before. You need to focus in more on what God is really calling you to and how to make a difference and change in your city. Yeah, it's about stewardship, right? Mm-hmm. You got to steward what God gives you. But God can also multiply what he gives you at a moment's notice. For sure. And you never know what God's trying to do. Real quickly, for us, Two years ago, a little over two years ago now, mm-hmm. we had a church fire. Yep. And uh, you weren't here yet. No. Nope. You were still out in Charlotte living in sin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't living in sin. He was at another church. That's just a joke. But, oh, maybe you were. I don't know. Yeah. Well. Well, now you're... He's not anymore. <laughs> he's not... We're going to move on. A little side note. Side Amazing. Note. But we had a church fire, and you know our building here is 200,000 square feet. I only say that to give you the... The immensity of 80% of our building was underwater, two mm-hmm. inches of water. All the smoke covered every square inch of this building. Mm-hmm. There was a literal fire in the warehouse. And I remember walking through at, I think by the time, it happened around 11 o'clock at night is when we got the call. 
and it took the fire department until probably four, four a.m. to put everything out. And I remember just walking into the building for the. They opened the doors and smoke just billowed out of Goodness. the building. I can't imagine. And I remember walking in and then hearing the squish of the floor, mm-hmm. and I looked down and water mm-hmm. everywhere. And um, I remember walking through, and I, I'll be honest, my first thought wasn't, "Wow, God's going to do something pretty amazing here." <laughs> <laughs> right? Like I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And luckily, we have a great team around me, and we put our heads together, and we started making phone calls to restoration companies, insurance companies, and you know, we, that was a Saturday early morning, so we had to cancel church Sunday. And well, but, God, God even blessed you in that, right? Yeah, because the restoration company—that's well, right. Yeah, <laughs> goes to church. Restoration here. company attends here, <laughs> and they were incredible. They were here like first thing with an army of people. Yeah, but now two years later, I walked in today to a pretty much a brand new building. Right. We never would have been able to do that. Right. I mean, I say never, never. We. It's. I mean, it, it would have been a ten-year project. It was project. a ton of money yeah. to redo carpet and walls and all that stuff. And so sometimes we just got to trust that God's got a plan. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. And mm-hmm. that God's got enough to provide what we need when we need it. And it's according to His riches, not ours. Right. Yep. That's a great reminder and great, just practical. Again, figure out where you're at on that scale and figure out what God's trying to do, how you steward it, how you trust Him in the difficult times. So number three is this. Jesus established the church and the gates of hell will not prevail. I'm going to read that one again. Yep, you know, just Jesus established the church. Mm-hmm. Take that into, in, into consideration. And yep. then the second part just reinforces that. And the gates of hell will not prevail. Mm-hmm. Matthew 16, 18 says, and I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Is a reminder for you individually. It's a reminder for you for your organization that, again, in in conjunction with number two, is Jesus did this. Yep. In conjunction with number one that we already discussed, Jesus established His church. Yep. And, and He is the rock, by the way. He is the rock. Yeah. Not he Peter. Not that, me. Not you. Not he's a pastor. <laughs> transferring that power right. to right. Peter in this situation. Come on, how many youth ministers were known as solid rock back in the eighties? <laughs> Wow. Come on. And then it changed to like edge. Oh, right. We so the were, edge of the rock. I know. We were right? edge, we were edge <laughs> up in Ohio. It was the coolest name ever. So uh now it's like Wythe. I don't yeah, know what it is yeah. right now. So it's like yeah, the Y T H is taken over. We got rid of all the vowels. Everywhere. Right. <laughs> okay, tangent. By the sorry, way, sorry guys. if your ministry is still called Solid Rock, it's a great name. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah, Jesus, uh, Jesus' name. But again, it's it's just a reminder for you. No matter what you're going through, the difficulty that you may be facing, the obstacles, the the voices, you know, that come at you from different, you know, uh, what different sides of the coin, different sides of of politics and everything else, whatever you may be facing in your church, re- be reminded and be encouraged that Jesus established it, yep. not you. He gave you that vision. He gave you that mission. A year ago, five years ago, 30 years ago, whatever it is. And through that, he's transferred his vision, his power to you, to the church. Yep. And nothing, nothing will prevail against it. Yep. And by the way, nothing can separate you. Mm-hmm. Right. I love that verse in scripture like, not nor heights, nor depths, nor 
demons or whatever, nothing can separate you from right. God's love, which is also a pretty powerful thing of separation. But also, as you were talking, I was reminded of, uh, you know, just the the biblical narrative of the uh, building your house on sand and rock. Right. Same idea, right? Mm-hmm. If we build our churches on our ideologies and our talents mm-hmm. and our skill level and how good we are, well, that's not going to hold up. No. Nope. Winds are going to come, waves are going to come, and that, that church is going to tumble. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately... We've seen a lot of tumbles this last year. Yeah. We've seen, we're not going to mention anything because we don't need to, but there's a lot of churches, a lot of pastors that have fallen and mm. stumbled. And my guess is somewhere in their life, they weren't building on the rock anymore. Right. They were building on their own fame or their own talent level or whatever. But you build on the rock and, you know, fires will come. Yeah. <laughs> COVID will come. Yep. Uh, pandemics will come. Yep. You know, politics, Lord help us, another, you know, I just thought about that yesterday. Does that, that literally yeah, in yeah. three years, we got to go through another election. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> it's such a rough time. But none of that will take the church down. So that's right. All right. The fourth and final one is this, and this is just a, a I'm just going to read it in closing, but there is power in the body coming together and worship, prayer, teaching, and encouragement. Acts 2, 42 to 47, when the church was actually established. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, breaking of bread, and to prayer. And awe, I love that one, awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Mm -hmm. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing them, uh, the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, received their food with glad and generous hearts, Mm. praising God and having favor with all people, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So, listen. So encouraging. That that is the hope. Uh, But I think we need to get back to that, right? Right. There's so many elements in there about what that means, you know, coming together, worshiping, praying, teaching, listening, sound doctrine, encouragement, giving what we have. And guess what? When you do that... The Lord grows the church. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it's what people need. It's what people need. So, in closing, there's four things for you to have some hope in the church you established. This is part one, by the way. We'll hit part two next week. Uh, God loves his church more than we do. God has more than enough to provide for the needs of the church and you. Jesus established a church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. And there's power in the body coming together in worship, prayer, teaching, and encouragement. And so, there you go. Find some hope in that. Go get them. Let's go. <laughs> go get them. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode of One Big Thought. And we look forward to having you again for part two next week on why you can have hope in the church Jesus established.